Hello and welcome to the I Could Do That podcast. I'm Alex. I am the Head of Research and Development here at Silver Fox. And alongside me today, I have Emily Pearson. Do you want to introduce yourself, Emily? Hiya, my name's Emily and I am a graduate fire engineer working for Arup in London at the moment. So what is a fire engineer? It's a good question. So in my role at the moment, I would say that a fire engineer can be described as someone who we work particularly with buildings. So if you're looking at designing a building... The sort of key elements that a fire engineer is interested in is looking at the means of escape within the building so that its occupants can safely evacuate, but also looking at limiting fire spread within the building. So we sort of come at it from those two prongs of attack to make sure the building is safe for everyone to use. Brilliant. Why why did you choose fire engineering? That's also a good question. I actually think I sort of fell into fire engineering sort of unintentionally. I studied mechanical engineering at university. had heard of Arup as a company and so when I was looking at applying for summer placements I went and had a look at what roles they had and fire engineering I think stood out for me for two reasons. We were quite soon after Grenfell Tower incident so fire engineering was very in the public eye I think at that point. Also I just think it sounded quite exciting and interesting and different to what I was doing in my degree. It sounded very sort of problem solving and dealing with real world issues. Mm. Okay cool. So I yeah, applied for the summer placement, did two summer placements with Arup and sort of kept coming back. <laughs> so you, you were the one, one of the people who listened and said that this placement is a job interview and managed to secure a job at the end of it yeah either that way or the other way around they drew me in and I think also the culture of working in Arup I found it really refreshing and different to some of the stuff I'd experienced before that and I think that was mainly what kept bringing me back was the culture and the team and the work just being really interesting so you've obviously done quite well and you've worked hard because you, <laughs> you you got you got the job at the end of it what would you say is the most important strength that someone needs to work in to be a fire engineer so I'd say engineering in general I think I look back at my degree and what I studied at university in terms of the content and it has zero over Overlap, I think I would say with what I actually physically do day to day now in terms of the technical content. For example, I did my dissertation on ice and I now work with fire. So the actual technical content, I wouldn't say is what's been carried through. I'd say the sort of what I think are often called soft skills are much, much more important into bringing into a career like this. So I was quite fortunate when I was at university that I was able to take part in an extracurricular society where we basically designed built and raced solar powered cars which is very niche but very cool through that doing sort of a practical project that is fundamentally an engineering project I definitely picked up a lot of the skills that I use now so being able to work to a deadline and pull as a team in a project like that is really important and time management especially for when you're in a leadership position within those roles you know people can only work as much as they can and making sure that you know the allowances and the planning is in place it's really important teamwork is definitely something that I've learned a lot about working in a big sort of engineering team at university and even within the degree we had team coursework projects where you know your personal success sort of relied on other people and that has very much carried through into my job now all of my projects you know I'm never working by myself I'm working within a team on the project and even then within the greater team I'm always asking people for help and it's very much I think that pulling together mentality and making sure that you are a helpful cog in that machine Mm. I think looking at projects and leadership especially the skills I learned in terms of how to manage people how to sort of bring about a collective 
goal, which was really challenging, actually, because during the years, the year that I was in charge of that team, we were in a pandemic and our aims were completely different. You know, mm. normally that team is brought together by a group of people who want to win races and race solar power cars in Australia is the race we go to. Wow. And then suddenly we're in a pandemic where we can't even leave the UK. We're not allowed into the university and sort of trying to adapt to that situation was really challenging, but definitely the skills taken out of that, the resilience, the ability to adapt and be mobile are things that I have found absolutely, you know, mm. invaluable bringing forward into this role. So did you actually get to race it in the end? I did. So, well, not in the pandemic year, but I was lucky enough to go in 2019. So over a two year period, we as a team of about 20 engineers, mm. you know, all students. We had a member of academic staff who assisted us with the project, but it was all student designed, student led, student run. And we designed this car, built it in our basically garage and lab out of carbon fiber and Kevlar, designed the motor, built that, put it all together, put it on a boat, sent it off to Australia and then raced it across the outback, which was wow. a once in a lifetime experience. And it, it was really hard in terms of getting there. It was very much a pulling as a team job, very late nights a lot of time management trying to balance a university degree project and I was doing a lot of sport as well at the time but being able to look back and see that I did that it's very motivating in the sense that you know I can do whatever I mm. want to try and do and then yeah the race itself was fantastic we drove just off solar power it's like a Dakar rally <laughs> yeah I mean it was a lot of fun learned a lot I think that's probably one of the most intense environments I've ever been in, mm. you know, 40 degree heat, trying to finish a car in order to race it in those kind of conditions, living with the team, spending all day with them. You know, it was an amazing experience, but it was challenging. And I say again, resilience and is something that it's not a case of a project's challenging at work. And I go, oh, well, I've done this, so it'll be fine. But it's having those experiences where you're like, well, I did that. And I didn't think I could ever do that. So what else can I do is sort of how I look at it now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So is it a, a, an offshoot of um, Formula Student then? Or um, is it it's completely sort separate? Of in its own realm, but it's a similar idea. Yeah, where you design the car and then, you know, part of the team races it. Um, I never got to drive it. I was actually too tall, <laughs> which is a rule they recently changed. But yeah, we had drivers within the team. And when we were on the road, it was a proper race. You had a lead vehicle, a chase vehicle. And we were in a sort of convoy of the cars surrounding the solar car trying to overtake people and mm. not be um too scared when we went past the road trains which was terrifying <laughs> massive sort of three lorries in a row coming yeah. at you down in a little carbon fiber car that you designed and built <laughs> yeah without airbag yes yeah aspect of it everything else you know it had everything down to the horn and the number plate but not an airbag to be fair yeah. sounds really cool actually i never i never did any formula student stuff it was one thing that i regret probably the wrong wrong word but i wish i'd done yeah the um the practical experience for me i can't sit and look at a textbook and then know something i sort of have to almost live it experience it in order for it to stay with me in terms of technical knowledge and i think that's something i really took away from the project as well but again as i said in terms of the physical knowledge i learned at university it's not something that's helping me in my degree obviously in my 
job now. I, you know, don't use any of that necessarily day to day because my degree isn't specific to my job. But the skill set has definitely carried across way more than the technical knowledge. It's good. It's important to, to point out that engineers and engineering in general keeps a lot of doors open. And just because you've done one sort of engineering and not another doesn't mean that you can't go into that field. There's, there's certainly loads of transferable skills. No, exactly. The The way I view the degree is that it teaches you how to be a problem solver and it teaches you how to work hard, work as part of a team and be resilient because it is quite a challenging degree. And it's, you know, you're spending a lot of hours investing in it. It's a four-year degree, I think on average in my first year at the very least I had 25 hours in labs or lectures you know it's very full mm. on but it's almost prepping you for the the workplace in that sense of mm. being busy working on things all the time working on multiple different projects simultaneously opposed to can you recall this one equation from your first year of university no I can't, no, I can't <laughs> and it's either. not important to me now but going through the process I think prepares you in a sort of different way for the workplace mm. and for lots of different roles many of my friends went on to not engineering specific careers but they've been very successful because of who they ended up having done the degree what's one thing that people are generally surprised to find out about you so i'd say the one thing that people are really surprised to find out about me is that i'm an engineer and i've had a, many experiences where i've introduced myself to a new group of people i actually went traveling for a year after i went to university and you know common questions of oh what do you do do you have a job the answer engineer really shocks people I think and I don't know if it's because I just am not living up to this stereotype of an engineer that people have in their heads and whether that's because I'm female or because I'm an extrovert I don't know what element of it is but something about <laughs> me as a person isn't aligning with their perception of an engineer and I've always mm -hmm. found that very interesting and it's funny because the feeling I have when people have that look on their face like oh that's cool but it wasn't what they were expecting a part of me is proud because I've worked really hard to get to this point but it's also quite sad in the fact that because of the imbalance the gender imbalance in the industry and the perception of what an engineer is that is the case mm -hmm. I would say that it's very true throughout my journey to get to this point as soon as I started doing my A-levels and I was in that physics class and I chose that physics class because I wanted to be an engineer not necessarily because I wanted to do physics <laughs> I found it really hard but there was one other girl in my physics class in my maths and further maths classes in year 13 there was two other girls you know out of a class of maybe 15 20 being in the minority started at that point and it had very much persisted throughout university I think 17%, something like that at university. And yeah. that was before we were split off into the streams of mechanical and civil. So it may have gotten worse later on. And I think, especially when I was at university, it became very noticeable. And I can't quite pinpoint why, but it was just sort of, you felt it when yeah. just, it wasn't like necessarily conscious people saying things, but you just felt it going and being, looking around a lecture theatre and, you know, seeing majority men, it was was always just sort of there I think it came to be more noticeable we were actually set an essay in my first year first of all engineers doing an essay who thought of that yeah I didn't have to do one till my dissertation and it, and it showed <laughs> we were set to write an essay and the title of the essay was to be why are there fewer women in engineering with the idea for us to go and research 
and find out and educate ourselves on the gender imbalance within the industry. Hmm. Now, for me, I absolutely hated that exercise because fundamentally what I was being asked to do was go and look at what my future would be in this industry and see that it wasn't going to get any better than the not good state it was now. I think looking at the statistics of women in an engineering degree, at the time, the number I recall it being was 17%. And then going to look at women joining engineering careers at that point was going down to like 10 or 11%. And it was just quite depressing. I found it really demoralizing to know these statistics. Yeah. And they don't do it anymore due to some feedback, I think, from a group of girls in my year. <laughs> but <laughs> it was sort of, yeah, suddenly being aware that this is what I've got now is actually better than what it's going to be. And it's not necessarily that being in a room of men is a bad thing, because many of my friends from engineering from when I was at university are men. And, you know, they're wonderful people. But I think there's something about being the only person in a room that looks like you has some sort of effect on how you perceive your opinion in that room. And it's something that I very much fought against, Mm. I think, as an internal thing for a long time. You know, imposter syndrome is a word that gets thrown around a lot. I think it, it definitely is how I felt in these situations. In my first year, I actually really struggled because I hadn't found a group of friends that could support me they came Mm. in my second year when I found this wonderful group of other female engineers within the course and that sort of support network and ability to be in a space where we were all women was really really sort of useful and I genuinely don't think I'd have got through the degree without that little support network so shout out to them (laughs) do you think it's got better since you've graduated you've only been in your job for for a a small amount of time but is fire engineering more or less gender imbalanced than your mechanical engineering degree yeah so that is something that I've found really really interesting since starting here And looking back, it's why I really enjoyed my summer placements. I hadn't really consciously acknowledged it at the time, but the the gender balance within my team in Arab, in London, in fire engineering is much, much better than my university degree, which is the opposite Mm. of what I was told it was going to be. And whether I have got very, very lucky, I think is probably actually what the truth is. But fire engineering, again, not something I planned to go into fell into has a history it's quite a new discipline it hasn't been around for the longest time um in terms of having especially with an arab but the people who started up this field were women largely mm. and especially with an arab the, the pioneers were women and i think that's very much trickled down over the last you know 50 years however long they've been going mm. and meant that since there's always been women at the top there have continued to be women at the top and I don't know how that process has happened whether it's people have seen it and gone I want a piece of that I want to be in that team that looks fantastic or if having women at the top has brought more women in consciously I'm not sure but the effect is that when I come to work and when I'm working on a project being an agenda minority within the industry isn't a factor I don't feel it I think the it's completely positive. The balance is, I've never looked it up in my team. I've never counted the people, but it feels equal. And I think that's what's important. You know, I feel comfortable at work. I don't feel on edge. I don't feel like I'm going to be judged for my opinion for any reason other than, you know, the opinion itself. Yeah. And it's really, really refreshing. And I talk to my friends who are in other companies and other industries and those who have gone down the engineering route and it's 
it's not the case everywhere. And I think I have been really lucky. But being able to see what it could be like in the industry, I think is very motivating to try and work out how to share that across yeah. the industry and try and bring it up because it is possible. It's happening mm. here. And yeah, it's just really nice. <laughs> I think you're probably right. I think you're probably very lucky, probably not in all aspects, but in, in that particular one. But I just don't think there are enough female engineers coming through to make it balanced. No, I know. It's it's a real problem. And it's something that I've, I'm very passionate about in terms of trying to solve this issue. And when I was at university, we were looking at how do we get more women to, how do we get more women into the degree? Because if they're not applying, you can't accept them mm. but you look at the requirements for an engineering degree in 99% of the place in the UK you need a physics A level okay yeah. go back to physics A level okay women aren't you know girls aren't taking that subject yeah the question is why is it because it has a stigma is it hard is it not taught well there's many many elements of that I took physics because I knew I had to to do the degree because I had already clocked engineering as something that I wanted to do mm. so I made a conscious choice there but if you're not thinking about that until you've taken made that choice for your A-levels then how are you going to resolve that issue I think removing physics a level as a requirement is an option if you have the ability to bring that knowledge base up within the first year which in my degree we had an optional module if you fill that with bringing that physics knowledge up that's what first year is about is getting everyone up to the same level because yeah. people have taken slightly different subjects why isn't that an option you know why are we not considering that you know it's an interesting question but then again a degree isn't the only route into engineering no apprenticeships are fantastic and as i said before the technical knowledge i learned in my degree not necessarily the most useful thing i did with my time if i went back i think i would strongly consider doing an apprenticeship mm -hmm. i think the practical skills the ability to learn on the job within the fire team we have an apprenticeship scheme and having chatted to the people who are doing it, you know, it's a phenomenal way to come into a career. They spend some time at university doing technical learning and they spend the rest of their time learning on the job, mm. which is just such a, in my opinion, brilliant route into engineering and possibly something that we should be promoting more within the industry. Well, I th yeah, I think getting pe more people through, and I'll use the term education broadly to include apprenticeships but getting through people more people through the engineering education system to fill those gaps is a big must and it needs to be from everyone it can't just be one one group because i don't think this will ever happen but for example if you took all girls then suddenly there's a gender imbalance the other way for the next 10 years because mm -hmm. th there aren't enough male engineers coming through and so you need to find a way to grow it gradually and it's the same when you look at FTSE 100 boards and they go and people say why is it all men up there well the reason it's all men up there is because the female system for the last 20 years has just been men and that's not right but that's how you get to the top is you climb the ladder you can't just you can't just jump in so no, you're and if you were to be placed in as a diversity challenge then in terms of your own self-worth and it's happened to me on many occasions where I've gone hang on have I got this opportunity because I deserve it have I got this opportunity because I'm a diversity hire or a woman you know and that mm. itself is like massive feeder into that imposter syndrome of hang on did I earn my right to be here yeah which is you know really can mess you up <laughs> if you let that sort of doubt creep in in terms of bringing more people in as engineers we design 
design so much of the way people interact with the world. And if we're not in ourselves diverse to represent the diversity that is in the world, then how can we possibly design for everyone? And it's not even mm. just a case of gender. We need diversity across the board because if that's not being represented, how can the world be a fair and equal place for anyone? Yeah. And I think outreach is something that I'm really passionate about and have worked throughout university and still now trying to make time for it because I was lucky engineering was on my radar and I had the support system and the self-belief that I could take on this challenge and do it. If you're an individual that isn't aware and maybe doesn't have that self-belief or support system, hmm. how are you going to have a chance at making yeah. that jump, choosing this career path? It's it's not fair. And I think that what we can do is to sort of go out there, identify, you know, whether it's places or schools, whatever level of people in their education, if it's primary school, secondary school, university, hmm. but going out to where you have got people who may be a, in that minority category for whatever reason and explain to them, you know, you could do this and yeah. help create create an easier path of less resistance to get there because the journey that I've been on hasn't been a walk in the park there have been yeah. times where I have wanted to throw in the towel comments have been made bad days have been had and if I didn't have the support system I had you know within engineering itself you know other women outside of engineering then maybe I would have given up because there were many hurdles and I'm not coming in it from the worst situation either mm. if you put a couple more hurdles in that path I can fully understand why people don't make it all the way through or don't even decide to start because the mountain looks too high. How could I possibly climb that? Yeah. Well, that actually brings me quite nicely onto my next question. You mentioned giving up and you mentioned that your, your first year was really tough. How close have you got to giving up? I think there's a couple of instances that I can think of that were really challenging times and some where I just sort of had my head in the sand and just kept going and eventually came out the other side and others where I properly sat down and went, do I want to keep putting myself through this is it worth it do we just take a break because one of my sort of personal views is it's never worth your mental health you know if yeah. it's getting to that point then something needs to change take a break whatever I'd say a particularly rough time was during the pandemic I think that was a little curveball on top of all the other life engineering elements that was possibly just too much I came back to university after Christmas and the department had been shut down. We weren't allowed to go in. My dissertation had just crumbled into nothing because I was doing a practical project and I wasn't allowed in the building where any of my stuff was. Yeah. And it was at the same time I was team principal of Solar Car Team and I was having some issues with members of the team and trying to run the team in a way that was making people happy while we weren't going to a race trying to choose a new direction and my leadership was being challenged and I don't know if that was because of what we were deciding to do who I am as a person and there was just a lot of elements going on and I sat down with a guy called Grant from my college and said this is a lot <laughs> and he basically just gave me a free pass he was like well why don't you just stop for the year come back next year we'll do it then it'll have calmed down perspective have a nice break and just to be given the option of someone saying that that was okay to just hand in the towel for a bit was first of all just unprecedented in my life I've, I always felt like I just had to keep going stopping was an option taking a break was an option and just having that option 
I think, gave me the space to go away and think about what I wanted and whether I could keep doing this in a way that wasn't detrimental to me. And I think the thing that turned the tide for me was, again, I talked about support network. I spent some time on a socially distant walk <laughs> with a group of friends. And I think that just really put a lot of things in perspective for me. And I decided that I did want to keep doing it. And I, you know, it was only, I think it was six months left. And I was like, okay, I can do this and I will keep going. I think also looking back to my first year of university, the reason that I'd say that time was particularly challenging was that year, for whatever reason, my college within my university had a very odd gender split just by accident because I don't think gender is a factor they look at in the applications. This is at Durham, by the way. And I ended up being the only female engineer within my college, which was quite a big college. So there might have been 20 plus of us, but it was just mm. me. And in first year, you spent all your time with the people that were in your college because you walked down to lectures together while the lectures mm. were with the whole year. You walked down together, you went back up for lunch together, you came back. So my circle, was very male dominated and then within college as well I didn't have many female friends and I found it really challenging because the group of people that I was hanging out with from engineering were they were right but they didn't have the same lived experiences and they would often make jokes that were sort of at female expense I didn't really enjoy that I found it really off-putting and I think at one point I just decided that I'd rather sit by myself in my lectures than tolerate that sort of behavior or people which was quite scary and quite isolating I did know some other people in the course because I'd gone to school with them, which was, you know, a nice sort of safety net to have there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I sat by myself for the last couple of months of the year and didn't really see how that was going to change. And then in mm. my second year, I came back, didn't really know whether it was going to get any better. I had friends outside of the degree by this point from teams and sports and clubs so that was fine but spending so much time within the apartment and in the subject and in the lectures I, I needed people there and again luck came to me and I was partnered up for my labs with one of the other girls and she brought me into this wonderful group and it was just so much better because <laughs> I had the support system and just the environment was friendly and safe and mm. I didn't feel like I was asking stupid questions no one was making jokes about female engineers and it yeah. was just better. And again, that was complete fluke that alphabetically we ended up in a lab pairing or however that happened. And I will be forever grateful for that because I look back and I don't think I'd have got through all the other stuff without having that sort of core knit support system. Yeah. So that's how I didn't give up at those times. Yeah. Well, but yeah, okay. it was on the cards. <laughs> it's clear that you haven't. You, you seem to have done quite well for yourself. So that's brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> Thank you very much, Emily, for your time. It's been fantastic talking to you. It's been really interesting to hear about someone fresh into engineering, how they're doing. We've had a lot of experienced engineers on this podcast. So it's been brilliant to hear some fresh perspectives. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad that I was able to share my experiences. And I really hope that someone listening, you know, goes, I could do that.